is the most waited for podcast in the world, I guess. Well, I don't know if anyone's waiting for it, but for us, it's been taking a long time. I think we've been procrastinating about it for probably must be 12 months at least, I guess. Easily, easily. And then spent the last three weeks trying to actually get our act together to do it. Mm. But we're here. And we're drinking tea. Yeah. True Brits. British. Yeah, two <laughs> Brits. So we, uh, we registered the domain name Brickstrapped. Literally, yeah. I registered half an hour before, uh, before you turned up, Martin. So I think that's the name we're going to go with. That suits me, yeah. In, in, uh, in light of the fact I haven't been able to talk with anything else, that'll be fine. And uh, I guess the idea is, most of the podcasts we've been listening to, or listened to, uh, are done by Americans, aren't they? So yeah. we thought the world needs a British viewpoint on bootstrapping companies and uh, Absolutely. all those challenges. Although we're not going to talk about the VAT mess thing that's happening <laughs> in uh, January, because it doesn't affect me and uh, I don't understand it either. No, I've got it bookmarked. It's one of those things that I feel, feel like I should know something about, but I, as you say, it doesn't affect me at the moment, so... Um, yeah, and most people in America won't even care about it anyway. So no, no. Although I'm sure they're affected by it in some way, but I think, like I said, I don't know the details. But there you go. Right. So we tried to do. A, we, this is like the third time we've tried to do a, a recording, isn't it? it I is. feel we've actually got the proper equipment this time. Yeah. Um, and last time when we tried to do one before, we tried to do an intro about ourselves. Yeah, and it was just a bit dull, wasn't it? It was a bit dull. So so we're not going to do an intro about ourselves. No. And we're kind of hoping that over the next. So many shows you'll, you'll learn about us and we'll write a little bio up on the site anyway. Yeah. So if you're more interested in our history and what we've done and all that kind of stuff, you can read that. Um, so I guess we can start with what we've been working on recently. Yeah, do you want to go first? No, you go for it. Okay. Well, I've been, um, been working on a, a new product which I'm trying to, to get out there. It's very, very early stages, I suppose, but um, it's called Joined Up Data. So my freelancing business is called uh, Joined Up Solutions. Um, and I've been doing that for coming on to 10 years now, the freelancing. And that's, um, a lot of it has been working with um, Excel spreadsheets, turning Excel spreadsheets into software products for, for companies. And so having tried and failed to create a product many times over, over the last 10 years, um, I sort of had a bit of a, I guess a crisis of confidence, if you like, halfway through this year and uh, decided, having listened to a lot of podcasts and a lot of advice, that the best thing to do is to look at what I've been doing in the freelancing world, what I, what the bits I enjoy, the bits that have gone well, and then try and focus on that. And so coming up with some sort of um, uh, product which, which helps people get out of the, the spreadsheet hell that they're in um, would, would be useful. And so that's where the idea for Joined Up Data came from. And I've been basically um, made all the classic mistakes. I did a bit of keyword research up front and found that there were some searches going on for that sort of stuff. Um, identified a few decent keywords that I thought were worth going for and then obviously opened up my ID and started coding. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was doing that for a while, uh, thinking, oh, this is definitely going to be it, making the same mistakes I made over and over again. Uh, and then I started to read Dan Norris's book, The Seven Day Startup. And um, it, it's, really, it's an interesting read, a really good read. And it just made me think that, you know, the sort of things I was building this product to do were the sorts of things which I could provide as a service. So similarly, he's got WP Curve where they um, they charge a monthly fee and uh, they do small WordPress jobs. Well, I could charge a monthly fee or even a one-off fee to do a particular bit of function that my joined-up data engine was going to do, and I'd implemented a lot of it already. Um, so the engine was pretty much there. Obviously, need some tweaking. So anyway, so I decided I'd turn it into a seven-day startup. So I got myself a WordPress uh, set up, saw some plugins, got a theme, all the rest of it, set up the website. 
and then started chucking ads at it, uh, Google Ads. So I had a whole range of keywords. Um, so you know, learning Google Ads as I'm going, reading as much as I can about that, and getting it all sorted. And I mean, the long story short, I was, I was at um, Microconf Europe, and I got my first sale while I was there, which was fantastic, mm. amazing. Um, and that was uh, somebody from an event company that, that had 15 spreadsheets from various different events and different things that they've been running where they're all in different formats. Uh, there were people in several of the different spreadsheets that needed to be merged, the information merged, so different spreadsheets had different bits of information. And they wanted to merge it all into one coherent data set. And that, that's really kind of the guts of what I was wanting to do with this product. And so I, I was over the moon with that. Um, so I spent probably a couple of days working on that to get that right because obviously I ran it through the engine and of course the engine crashed and found bugs and all the rest of it. So I was determined to do it using the code that I built rather than, you know, do something bespoke. So I, I turned it into that and I got them a I got them the result and they were over the moon with it. So I phoned them up, managed to get a testimonial out of them, and I've put that on the website now as well. So so that's basically what I've been up to. And then I kind of realised that the Google Ads was, was going fine, but but wasn't really going that well because I was getting plenty of people clicking on the ads. I was probably getting people from the landing page to the um, get started now or your sign up page. About 10 to 15% of the people that hit the landing page were getting there, which I thought was good, but then they were bailing at that point. Um, and there were about three or four that actually went through the sign up process. And then when I contacted them, they, they just didn't respond. Um, and I obviously had this one customer that been through to full-on payment and all that stuff. So I stopped it all and started to think about what it was that I, I needed to do. Um, and uh, and I, I decided that the keyword, there was one particular keyword that was the best performing out of all of them. So I took that and I've been working on building some content around that. So I think um, I need to get some traffic. So I need to get that some content on there which I can get people to link to and, and you know, and publicise that, and then try and get some some interest that way, and get some email signups. So that's what I've been doing basically for the past week or so. I've been working on a mammoth uh, article, yeah, which I've just about finished now, um, and yeah, stuck it up on the on the website. And uh, over the next week or two, I'm going to try and do some link building. Excellent. So your um, the effort that you're putting into building joint depth data, mm. how's that being funded? Is that coming from your consulting work? It is, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been lucky in that over the years, I've always tried to keep a bit of a buffer. As a freelancer, you never know whether someone's going to bail out on you or, or when you're going to have a, a bit of a, a slack period. So I've always had a bit of a buffer, and I've been using that, that money. Now, granted, it's, um, it's my time, really, that's the, the main thing in there. So um, a bit of an opportunity cost there, I suppose. But the, the AdWords, you know, it's about two or 300 quid I've spent on it. Mm. Um, and I think... What I really what what I was really worried about is that the people were coming through and some of them were clicking on the get started now you know sign up button but I wasn't sure entirely whether there was a problem with my ads a problem with my copy whatever it was that was causing them to it not to be exactly what they wanted so I think that's what I'm going to focus on and so what I'm going to do now is obviously try and build links but then pay for some AdWords mm. and maybe some LinkedIn ads as well, although that's not been that successful. You're always worried about click fraud as well, aren't you? Yeah, well, that's it. Uh, you, you never know, really, do you, whether people are just clicking on it for the sake of it. Mm. Um, and 
So yeah, so that's always a always a concern, and it does get costly, you know, when you're mm. just running it, and, and you need to keep an eye on it. I think. Yeah. Have you um, tried putting any live chat thing on there? I haven't. No, no. That's something that Dan Norris was talking about actually, and I think that would be a good idea. Mm. It's a bit scary though, because you know I don't want to end up being inundated with people wanting to chat about stuff. But of course, I think that's at least your problem. yeah, or at least yeah. your worry. It's a much problem. What you want to happen is be able to talk to the people and find out. Yeah, precisely. What it is they're after and stuff. I think if you're you start, right. If you get to the point where you're getting 50 chats on going, then you've got more of an issue than just to be honest, a manual chat solution. <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy with that, yeah, to be exactly. honest. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? You, it's a fear for, for no reason. So, yeah, you're right. I should probably do that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, how about you? What have you been working on? So, ongoing issues. Well, I guess the main thing I'm working on, and I've been working on for the past year or so, is, uh, it's affiliate marketing at the end of the day. So yeah. we're running Voucher Code's website, it's called vouchercodespro.co.uk. Um, before getting into that, my background was different as uh, enterprise software, so built some mm. tools from Microsoft SharePoint. Um, was doing that for seven or eight years and just got a bit bored of working with SharePoint, so I wanted to do something completely different. Mm. And voucher codes and affiliate marketing and consumer-based websites, I guess, couldn't be any more different. Um, and we started at a really good time where some of the in like the older sites in the voucher code space were getting hit by Panda and Google penalties. Yeah. Because it's a it's a sector or an area that's so easy to start up a site and do a uh, black hat SEO to to just buy a load of links and pump them into your site and get start ranking quickly. That, yeah. That's what lots of people do. And even the bigger the big companies have done that, or the big sites that have been around for, you know, eight or ten years. Um, so we kind of just started the site up at the time where these guys were getting penalised. So we mm. did really, really well and kind of got into the into the Google rankings, you know, top three for a lot of really popular terms and yeah. even appearing number one for lots of popular terms. Um, so this this point last year, we were doing really, really well. Um, we kind of did a content play as well where we were writing lots of content about all the retailers that right. were featured and the, the items they were selling and stuff like that. Um, and unfortunately, we kind of overdid that. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and in retrospect, it's easy to look back on it and say, you know, why didn't we realise this? Um, but so, say for all the different retailers, we did a blog post. Say if we've got fifty retailers that write about that sell dresses, sorry, we did a blog post about each one and the dresses mm. they sold. So we had dresses about retailer X, dresses about retailer Y, dresses about retailer right. Z, and so on, and fifty odd these different blog posts. Um, and as it turns out. Google and Google Panda don't like that kind of, they see it as duplicate content or oh, okay. just thin content or not very good. So there was a Panda update back in May and that hit us quite hard on the site. Mm. Um, and so with the uh, the SEO guys we were working with, kind of did a bit of a site audit, um, figured out what the issue was. And so this is how much of a content thing we did. We wrote about 3,000 blog posts <laughs> over like a nine, nine month period, I think, on these different different bits and pieces. And so... The theory was that Google will take more notice if you take big action, if you've right. got hit by some kind of penalty. Um, and so we deleted 3,000 blog posts, wow. basically any blog post that didn't have a link to it. Yeah. Um, so that shows how many blog posts we put up yeah. that didn't have links to it. What well, isn't that? I mean, you hear a lot about people talking about automating content generation. And mm. so that sounds to me like pretty much the same thing that these people that are automating content generation is, you know, slightly changing articles for different keywords effectively. Well, yeah, so part, I guess, you know, long-term SEO advice is a bit and figure out what your keywords are and then write an article for each one of those. Yeah. But if you, a good example is, you know, uh, perhaps a lawyer 
he practices in ten different cities and writing a page for each of those cities he practices in. Yeah. Um, you know, the advice now there's not clear cut advice really of what you should do because yeah. while that for that particular example it's more difficult as well because there's Google local search as well. Yeah. So you want to show up for local search. Um, so yeah, that's that's even more difficult. Um, I mean, SEO is difficult in everyone's got an opinion and yeah. Google and are never clear in terms of they don't publish they publish guidelines and stuff like that but it's still a bit of a black box in terms of what goes on behind the scenes mm. um, but it's been getting better we've um, since May when we deleted all those blog posts um, around September time you know Google started taking some notice of the efforts we were trying to put in to make our content and we've been working so much harder on the content we have been creating that and trying to get links, links into each bit of content too um, but there's been a secondary problem in terms of, as I mentioned earlier, because there's so many sites in the affiliate marketing world, people can spin them up relatively quickly as a WordPress site and on Fiverr.com go and mm. buy a thousand links in from Russian and <laughs> Chinese domains and all that kind of stuff. Mm. There were, in for particular keywords that are really profitable, there were some real spammy, there were spammy sites. But we found out there was four or five of them that were owned by the same guy because we managed to find out through his... Um, I remember the, uh, the affiliate thing you use now. Um, but anyway, we found out it was the same guy, and he basically had the same. He was running five different sites, taking up you know half of the top ten right, yeah. their rankings, and which, which was pushing us down and some other big sites as well. And so Google Penguin, in theory, should have sorted that out and yeah. killed that guy off because he was buying lots of dodgy links into his yeah, sites. Sure. Penguin at the time, or the last run of Penguin was October 2013, and it hadn't run again for a whole year. So he was basically in there because he wasn't getting manual penalties running. He was his sites were there for a whole year of him earning money and stuff. And so us and I know other sites were waiting for Penguin to run again. Yeah, which ran in October, and from the news that's come out over the past couple of days, is almost continually running now. Oh right. So it was a big issue because if you if you employed an SEO agency. And they did behind your back without telling you some black cat SEO and bought some links. Yeah. And you thought you were getting good results going higher in the rankings, and then you got a penguin penalty. If you had to wait a whole year for that penguin penalty to disappear because penguin runs again, you know, yeah. a lot of places would go out of business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there must be not too many, especially smaller businesses that have 12 months worth of cash flow in the bank, you know, mm, and savings yeah. and stuff. So yeah. um, the fact that penguin is running it seems continually now is a good thing and we've noticed this actually because on Sunday one of these guys spammy sites went into the index at number five on Monday he redirected it quickly to another domain and then on by Tuesday evening it had gone completely oh wow and so from going from like 12 to 14 months waiting for sites to get kicked out because they're doing dodgy stuff it seems to be a two or three day turnaround that's good and it could have been a coincidence because Google was running Penguin over our particular niche or our particular area. Right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, hopefully that's that's going to be how it continues now. Um, and so, I guess that's the long, a long story of what I've been up to, I guess, for the past three months or so. Um, and in general, you know, the past week I've been working on Google page speed stuff, so that's kind of like a yeah. thing, trying to improve our Google page speed score, um, working with our, we've got content teams, so working with them, coming up with content ideas yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Well, the, the page speed thing's interesting because I've, I've writing this content. I kind of think, well, I, I, I need to hit the, the quick wins to, to try and make Google like it as much as possible. Yeah. So, you know, looking at the meta tags and all that sort of stuff, and also um, looking at the page speed. And I noticed using the Google page speed tool that 
you know, there were sort of eight or nine recommendations for the for some of the pages that I was hoping that they would index. So I've been downloading and installing some good um, WordPress plugins to try and do that sort of stuff, you know, compressing images and stuff. So I'm down to about, I think it's um, an 85 or an 86-ish on most pages. What, yeah. Is that a good score? It is. I mean, um, as part of... Uh, the consultancy work I'm looking at starting to do actually which will come on to in a second I've been analysing lots of sites mm-hmm. and most most sites are terrible they, it, it gives you like an A to F rating I think right? Uh, as well as like a number um, and a lot of the sites I've been seeing have been scoring 50 60 oh, something right. like that um, and they look like quite modern sites that have just had a recent redesign and stuff like that Yeah. Um, and to improve the score you don't have to do much a lot of it's around optimising images Right, um, bundling and minifying CSS and yeah. those kind of things. And those are the plugins that I've got, basically, that do those <coughs> things. Yeah. yeah, it's quick wins, but because I think because we're, you know, here I'm on Virgin Media, I've got 100 megabyte download thing. You know, I don't, yeah. for my particular usage, I don't necessarily have to worry about download speeds, but there's people in the country that are still on one megabyte yeah. download, or especially on mobile phones now, because everyone's going to mobile phones, yeah, yeah, where we've got GPRS that. and stuff like that. Mm. you know optimised pages getting them quickly downloaded to your mobile is a big thing so. yeah yeah. Do you, do, um, one thing I was going to ask before we move on was um, one of the things that Google keeps telling me I should do is utilise the browser cache you know set an expires header on mm. I'm always a bit nervous about that because if, if there's something wrong on the page or I need to change something then obviously it's not going to get reloaded by that browser until the cache expires what, have you got any thoughts on that have you used anything like that we've got it turned on I can't remember what period we set it to. I think it might be 10 days or something like that. Right, okay. Um, it's better to have it on than have it off in terms of from a Google page speed yeah. score perspective. Because the page speed is something that Google have come out and said, you know, is one of their ranking factors. So right. you know, that's a big reason for wanting to get a good page speed. Yeah. So and you've got to be aiming for 90 out of 100. Of yeah, those. yeah. Um, so maybe, you know, I could... Um, just yeah. don't make mistakes on the site. <laughs> <do you? laughs> of course, yes, of course. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a look at that and think about that as well. But I guess, you know, what kind of mistakes? You might have loaded the wrong image or CSS might be a bit broken, but that might affect one visitor. You're not, you're not running BuzzFeed or something like that, are you? No, no. I mean, the sort of thing I'm thinking is, you know, if I'm monitoring the sort of the AdWords coming through and hitting landing pages and so on, and then I want to change something to try something else... You know, you've then got the delay of if you get people that have already. I suppose it's only got people that have already seen the page. Yeah, it's not a big worry really. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I thought um, while we were talking, we should perhaps go through the reasons of wanting to do the podcast. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because yeah. uh, I come up with three. Three seems a good number. Okay. Um, and the first one I think is is the kind of. That's, that's trying to get the right word for this, but basically the book you read, The Seven Day Starter yeah. thing, the one thing that kind of, and with all the people that we listen to, podcasts and stuff, is they've really got an audience. Yeah. And so one of the things we want to do is try and build up an audience so that yeah. if we do start up new projects and new ideas and that kind of stuff, you know, we've got an audience of people who will either listen to the idea and tell us that it's crap and Absolutely, we shouldn't yeah. give up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> give us some good feedback and ideas or even potentially become customers, I guess. Um, and so we've, I guess this is almost accidentally because we talked about doing a product before together yeah. and that could be the topic of the podcast but yeah. I guess actually we've actually got two individual projects that are both interesting in themselves and so you've got joined up data yeah. which you're starting up yeah. and so I've got uh, 
I don't know, is it like a web design agency that I'm starting? Sure, yeah, yeah. So because the affiliate marketing stuff and that relies so much on Google search and 90% of our traffic comes from Google, I kind of need another revenue stream to kind of protect against that to a certain degree. And so all of the work and the stuff we've learned about SEO and page speed scores and all that kind of stuff yeah. and having done analysis on other people's websites, you know, we've seen a market where we can you know, go in and help other people yeah. improve their page speed scores and other aspects of SEO quite easily. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that's the plan anyway. I haven't actually put it into action yet or yeah. tested it yet. So. Well, I think that's brilliant. I, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that, that, that will hopefully listen to this and that, that we follow and so on that are very technically savvy and so all that sort of stuff. They either know themselves or you know, perhaps they're prepared to pay other people to do it rather mm. than and, and spend their time on something more productive for their business. So it'd be good for those people. But... You know, I've been involved with the Federation of Small Businesses in the UK and a lot of the networking events that you go to, you meet lots of small businesses who literally don't have a clue about this sort of stuff and, you know, probably just whack a WordPress website up there for the sake of it. I think that they're doing the right thing by doing that, but but then, you know, not doing anything else with it and, and not knowing what to do. So for those sorts of people, if you can provide a service for them, I think that would be invaluable. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, from a week-to-week perspective, hopefully you'll be sharing your learnings about starting a yeah. product company and I'll be sharing the learnings about starting a, a web, web, I don't know what we're going to term it really, web design agency or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. A consult- it's consulting, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, so we'll uh, I think, you know, that's similar. I've got precisely the same thing. We've talked about it a lot in the pub and when we met up and stuff. The audience is the thing, you know, you come to realise that, you know, you can send ads, like I've been sending ads to my website, to my landing pages, and... You don't really know what the problem is. Is it the ad? Is it the comp copy? What is it? The product? You know, is the product just not what anybody wants. Um, whereas if you have some sort of an audience, even if it's not directly related to your niche, people can can say what they think about it, and then yeah. you get some of some opinion at least. And if um, and if you do launch something, and you know, those people could tell their friends, or those people could tell somebody else, and that might that might help as well. Mm. So yeah, that's one of my reasons as well. I think. I think the second one is a commitment to progress. So yeah. we're going to try and do this weekly. Accountability. Yeah, account- that's the word I was looking for. I was trying to think of that. I can't think of it. So accountability, yeah. So we're going to try and do this weekly. Um, if we've got holidays and stuff that comes up, like Christmas is obviously coming, so we might yeah. skip it over Christmas. But I think we'll try and do it weekly. Yeah. Um, we've got a place that we can come to that's quiet, that we can record. And so we're going to have to make progress each week because we've got nothing to talk about. Exactly. <laughs> that, that was my biggest reason. Well, no, my biggest reason was just for the experience, um, just for the experience of doing it, learn how it works. You know, um, perhaps, you know, if I do manage to get a product off the ground at some point in the future, I can have a podcast about that product or about that niche, which would help marketing as well. Mm-hmm. So learning how to do it in this way is one of my reasons as well. Yeah. And the third one is it just, yeah, it'll be fun. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so we get together every now and again and work together at a shared office, uh, shared working space. And yeah. Just enjoyed having a chat about startup stuff. So yeah, hopefully others will find it interesting too. I hope so. Yeah. Cool. So, what's the main topic you want to talk about today? Then I think um, the main thing for me is I've kind of touched on it really already, which is is about the audience and and building an audience and and, and getting traction around that sort of area. Um, it seems to be quite hard, you know, when you start from nothing. Um, you know. Uh, Lots of people talk about giving away free stuff, you know, for, for someone's email address, and that's kind of what I've done with this um, this sort of I call it a content hub, if you like. So it's basically like um, the ultimate guide to merging Excel files and deduplicating Excel files, and um, and so I've, there's about five or six different ways you can do it. You know, I, the copy and paste method, which is mm. very time consuming and error prone, etc. 
the, there are some built-in facilities in, in Excel for doing certain types of mergers. Um, and then you can use like VBA code and stuff like that. So I've written about all these different ways of doing it for free with a big sort of call to action saying, let us do it for you. You know, So yeah. if people read this thing, that's a bit much, then they can just click my link and say, do it for us. Um, and then what I've done is I've actually provided the spreadsheets which have the code in them already, um, already written. Um, and if they want to download that, they can, but they have to be in their email address mm -hmm. first. But, so that's my kind of basic idea of trying to get some email addresses around the niche. But it's a pretty difficult, I say I call it a niche, but it isn't really a niche, you know, because it's lots of different companies might be interested in this. You know, there's the, the financial companies, accountants. Certainly, there are going to be people that will probably have to do this in that sort of area. There is my one customer came from the events space, they run events, mm -hmm. and I'm sure that there are lots of events companies that have multiple Excel spreadsheets that they want to pull together into one set. So that's two kind of verticals, if you like, that I could go after, um, and that they're on my list of things to look at sort mm -hmm. of in, in the future. But um, yeah, it's really how to, to kickstart that sort of traction and then, and then keep it going, you know. Um, I don't know, have you got any thoughts on this sort of area? Well, I was going to say to you, <coughs> Because you said you kind of, and I have as well, I've tried starting up many different ideas and yeah. bits and pieces. Why do you think the things that you tried before didn't get traction? Well, yeah, that's, um, that's a good point. I think throughout, so, so I say, I've been doing the freelance thing for nearly 10 years, and we've known each other for six or seven years, mm -hmm. something like that now. But um, in the old days, we used to go on the Joel and Software forums with you know Andy Bryce and Patrick McKenzie and, and Ian Lansman and, and Andrew Beto and all those sorts of people. That, now, and I was a lurker, I didn't really post very much, but I just listening, reading to these guys and seeing what they're up to. So that inspires me to, to go for it. So I always had at least one side project on. But I'd always, I never really understood then about, you know, marketing first or, or, mm. or you know, finding people that would be interested in it, even keyword research, I never, never really did any of that. So I'd work on a project and then I'd get bored of it. And then move on to the next project, you know, the shiny object thing. I do that all the time. And then finally, I started to realize that you need some customers or some ideas of customers. And I had the product, the safety docs thing that I did. Spent nearly a year working on that. But I had one customer, you know, I didn't have any others. And in the end, I think the reason that I don't keep going with these things is because I don't really have any interest in it. Mm. So I think there's a bit of a balancing act between having customers for the product that you're proposing to develop, having um, uh, you know, an actual market, you know, I suppose that's the customer thing, but then you need to have some sort of interest in it, something that's gonna get you going to keep going with it. Um, now I think if I could have one of these projects and start making money with it within a couple of days of doing it, then fine, that would probably keep me interested enough yeah. to, to go with it and as long as the money kept, kept coming in that's probably enough interest to keep going at least until I can stop doing the freelancing and then work on something I want to work on. Mm. Um, but I've never got to that stage, and I think that's generally the the, the what the, my interest in it bit is is my biggest problem that I always fall down. I think um, <clears throat> from my point of view, I was thinking about this because I wanted to try and have something intelligent to say around the subject. Cause mm. I knew you wanted to talk about it, and uh, from my experience, a lot of it's down to luck and timing. Yeah. Especially from the stuff that I, you know, the enterprise software stuff that I built that really, really kind of got me out of full-time employment and kind of running our own business and being our own boss. In terms of we picked the product SharePoint that was just having a new release mm. that had a, Microsoft came out and said, we're not building this particular tool that does this kind of thing. And 
you know, I literally started coding on the way home. And so it, it was just timing and luck to a certain degree on that. And I think what's frustrating and frustrates a lot of people is, and this is a whole topic for another podcast about people who do their information products and sell their training courses yeah. or whatever on how to be your own startup or whatever or build your own product or whatever, is that they've obviously been successful at doing it. But a lot of how they were successful and down to doing it was down to timing. And so what worked for them at that particular time won't necessarily work for yeah. us now. And so there's certain things such as Google Ads, you know, back yeah. in the day, you could get clicks for pence yeah. or cents, whichever country you're yeah. from. <laughs> and now you've got to be paying pounds yeah. to get clicks. And yeah. So it's a lot harder for you to test out markets Absolutely. and things like that. You know, SEO, as we've discussed earlier, was, is a lot harder now. Before you used to be able to just you know, put up a page. Mm. It was easy to find keywords that were easy to go for, but now there's no niches left. Um, and so that, I guess that's part of the frustration, um, is that a lot of the education stuff, the people have done it, they've yeah. got a successful product, yeah. but now what they're teaching and selling courses for and making good money from it as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, perhaps it's not as relevant as it was back yeah. when they built and, and launched it. It's always done in retrospect, well, in general, it seems to be done in retrospect mm-hmm. as well, you know, which it's great to learn from, but like as you say, it's a little bit outdated perhaps. And now if they start a new product, they've got an audience, as we yeah. mentioned, so you know, yeah. that always helps with uh, them kick-starting new stuff off. Um, but I think there's the title, you know, some of the notes I wrote down, you know, timing is a lot to do with it, um, finding the right the thing. And yeah. I guess uh, when you're looking at an idea, the difficulty is that if you get any attraction to it start, to start with, that kind of gives you the impetus to carry on with it. Yeah. Because the, the note I wrote down is, you know, you've got to sit down and envision yourself working on it in five years' time. Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> if you're working on it for five years and you still haven't got any users after year three, you're not going to want to work on it for another two years, are yeah, you? You've exactly. got to have, I guess, from initial launch to, well, from initial launch, you've got to have some kind of interest in it from some people, which you've got with a joined up data, you know, you have one customer. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is great. Um, and so, you know, for resources for people to look at, there's uh, Gabriel Weinberg, the guy who started DuckDuckGo. Yeah. He's got a book, good book called Traction. Yeah, I haven't read that yet. No. It's good. I've, I've, I've had a look through it. I've bought it and read it. Um, and so he's basically got 20 different platforms that you should try mm. and see if you can get traction for your product. Because at certain stages of your product's lifespan, different types of traction will get you customers. Yeah. Um, and so just from buying the book, and you kind of don't think that there's 20 different ways to get customers anyway. You kind of think, well, it's probably Google ads, LinkedIn ads, you know, that's probably about it. Yeah. But, you know, to know that there's 20 different ways that you can potentially get customers. And he says, no, at the start or any particular time, you need to focus on just one or two, mm. test it thoroughly, and if it doesn't work, you know, move on and try some one of the other different traction methods. Yeah. Um, that's good, actually, because I, I like the idea of that, because... It, you know, I mean, you don't have to sit rigidly, rigidly, but if you had a list of the things you're going to try that you think are going to work, and you say, right, until I've been through all of these mm. and eliminated each one, if I don't get any customers from any of them, then maybe that's it, time to forget this product. Yeah. Um, whereas if you, you know, if you do, then obviously that's a great thing and I'll keep you going. Yeah. I think the key is as well, you've got to be willing to put the time into marketing the product. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's something we perhaps struggle with because we're technical guys and we like programming and building mm. stuff, you know, there's the 80-20 rule, I don't know if this, but you've got to be able to, I would say, you should be putting 20% of your time into building it and 80% of the time into marketing. Yeah. Um, and we probably do it the other way around, we probably spend 80% of our time building it and only 20% of the time marketing it. Well, that's the thing I've done, I've just basically dropped any development, I haven't done any for ages mm. in that. I've been, 
you know, talking about that, the marketing side, I've been writing this, this, art, this it's a series of articles basically in, in the content. You know, and I've spent a week on it easily, um, simply because, A, it's probably not my first skill writing mm. like that, um, but B, it's just, it just takes that long, you know, to put the stuff together. I think this is where my original point around you've got to find that area, the niche or the product area interesting as well. Yeah. Because if you're going to spend 80% of your time writing marketing material around this product or this niche, you've got to find it interesting to a certain degree, otherwise yeah. you, it's going to be the hardest slog in the world. And you're going to have to interact with communities and other people that find this area interesting. Yeah. And if they, they'll see through if you're just you know doing it for the sake of doing it. If they, they figure out that you don't really find this area interesting, they're just going to tell you to bugger off or whatever. Yeah. So you know to be able to, to to find to be able to you know build links with these communities and get people trying out your product. If you're sending them emails and stuff, you've got to find it interesting to, yeah. to want yeah. to do it. To spend weeks and weeks of just sending out emails to people, which is what. One of the attraction methods you may have to do yep. to introduce your product and your idea, you've got to find it interesting. That, that is a concern for me as well because I do, I, you know, with taking, I'm a bit selfish thinking about my products all the time, but but thinking about it, you know, it's not really that interesting. You know, I mean, my my end goal in it, I kind of came. So what I was saying about the freelancing work I do is turning Excel spreadsheets into into web apps, basically internal web apps for these companies, and um, so my thoughts were. That would be the end game: is to do something which automates as much of that as possible, so that I could perhaps sell it as a like, productized service where I could get most of the work done by some tooling, and then just spend a little bit of time making it into what the customer wants. Mm. Therefore, not having to charge x amount of days to do this for them, and just have the, the, the basic a basic web app for them rather than Excel. So that's like the end game, and then I've paired it all the way back to the, the smallest thing I could think of that would be useful, which is where I've got this emerging Excel thing. But you're right, I mean, I'm interested in the actual technical aspects of it, you know, and, and, and it's very satisfying merging 15 spreadsheets of all different formats into one coherent set of data that I love. Like, it's a bit sad, but it, I enjoyed that, you know, it was a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but writing about it, you know, what, what exactly do I write about? And so that's why I started to do the sort of instructional type stuff, you know, of, of an article about how to do this stuff. And I think there's enough there for me to do that. But it is worried. I'm, you know, if I had to write a weekly newsletter, mm. that would be a concern about where I get the information from. Mm. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, from from knowing you and uh, your involvement in other stuff like the FSB, you know, it's obvious to me that you enjoy helping businesses. Yeah. So I guess if you can, I guess it's how you frame it, isn't it? If you can mm. focus on, you know, joining up these spreadsheets and stuff, it's really helping businesses and helping their business processes. Yeah. And if it cuts down the amount of time they're fiddling around with Excel spreadsheets. They can put time into other activities and yeah. stuff. Because I think the marketing, to a certain degree, is how you frame it. Yeah, yeah. It's also you know, like I said, there's no one particular niche for this. No one particular vertical in terms of industry sector or whatever. There's, there's lots of different potential audiences. So I could probably come up with stuff that would be useful for people. You know, some Excel tips in there as well as lots of other stuff. So I hope I, I'll deal with it when I get the problem. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of this stuff that you know I've noted down to mention is it's almost contradictory. And so Derek Sivers, another person who I read, and mm. uh, his blog is great, and some presentations by him and stuff at the Business Software Conference. And one of the things he says is, you know, if you get an idea for a product or even a feature or something, it's got to be either hell yeah or no. Right. And so if it's hell yeah, you know, go for it, try it. If it's no, and you know, as an add-on to that, some people say, you know, you should write it down and come back to it, sleep on it, and if you still feel the same about it the next morning, then you know, something you should consider more. Yeah. Or quite often you'll wake up and you'll be like, 
what was I thinking? That's the worst <laughs> idea ever. Um, there's so many times I've had a few beers and had a great idea and registered the domain name and then woke up and oh, thought, God, yeah. what am I doing? <laughs> Long list of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then there's the other one, and this is so this is almost come wise, well, perhaps contradictory, I don't know. You know, from SA, you've got to spend 80% of your time on the marketing stuff. Is um, Scott Adams, the Dilbert creator? Yeah. I read his book. It's a really, really good book. I highly recommend it to everyone. Uh, it's called How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big. And one of the things he says in there is you've got to increase your luck surface area. Yeah. And the way to do that is by having four or five things on the go at one time. One of them, hopefully, will get traction. And as soon as it shows any sign of getting traction, that's the one to focus on and put all your effort into. Yeah. Um, but then that's slightly contradictory to say Difficult. it. Focus on the marketing. Mm. Spend eighty percent of your time on marketing that product. But I guess you know you've proved you've got some traction on your product. Yeah. So you've you've done the bit of testing four or five different things. Yeah. You've increased your luck surface area. You've now got some traction on joined up data. Now it's the time to. Yeah. Spend 80% of the time. I'm not convinced about one customer proving it. I mean, I think I need several more than that to prove that it's going to be an actual thing. Um, but the problem is, you know, there's no traffic coming to the website at the moment because mm. I stopped the Google ads because I wanted to get to a point where I was happy with, with what, you know, this content and stuff. Um, yeah, so, so there's no way I'm going to get any customers if there's no traffic and I'm not doing any cold calling or anything, which is another thing that I think I probably will have to do at yeah. some point or at least try to see if that works. Um, yeah. So for a call to call for ideas, then we need uh, <laughs> cheap sh- cheap sources of traffic. Yeah, basically. <laughs> where are the yeah. Google AdWords that used to cost uh, a cent each or whatever yeah, per click? I think that's what everyone's hunting for, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, I guess um, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Well, I suppose the only thing I've got that I've listened to this week was Rob Walling's. Um, you know, he did the documentary about launching mm. Drip. That was really interesting to hear. You listened to all two hours of it? Yeah. I've yeah. got it. It was one of my 50 tabs that are open on Chrome. Yeah. I need to go back to and listen to it at some point, which I will do. Um, but yeah. It's, it's, it's good because it, it's reassuring as much in many ways. I mean, Rob's obviously had success in the past and so he's got this, this thing and he validated he had some customers beforehand. Um, but it changed a lot during the development and um, it's interesting hearing that because it gives you some hope that you recognise the feelings of, not despair, but close to it, you know, of, oh, is this the right thing to do, are we going the right way, etc. And then, you know, there's, there's a happy ending, um, yeah. so to speak, which is, it's, yeah, it's good, it's kind of inspiring in many ways, it's good to listen to, definitely. I'm trying to think if I've got anything interesting. I guess, um, the podcast I listen to, and so I've started actually putting a list of interesting links up on my blog, and I'll mention the URL later. The one I listened to yesterday, I've been going back through James Altucher's, um all this historical podcast he did. And I often do that, you know, if I find a good podcast, I go and download all the, the back catalogue episodes yeah, of it yeah. and work my way through it. So I'm slowly working through his. And uh, he did an interview, it was a start this year actually, with AJ Jacobs. Right. He's written a couple of books, and I'm going to mess up the titles of them, but one of them is A Year of Living Biblically, where he basically followed the rules of the Bible. How we should look oh, right. It's really funny, actually. Well, from just the stories on the podcast, it's really funny. Um, he's written a couple, another couple of ones about um, basically experiments on stuff in his life. So I think he did one on all the different fitness and diet experiments for a year, and right. then came up with a list of recommendations of what actually worked best for him. But anyway, his, that podcast is really, really funny, and uh-huh. I'll put we can include a link to that in the show notes, and definitely recommend people check that out. 
Um, I don't know. I was going to mention about the stuff we do away from technology, I guess. Mm. And, uh, Have you started training for the half marathon for the marathon yet? Well, no. I'm full of a cold at the moment, actually, as you may well. If you if you listen this far, <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because your voice always sounds different on yeah. cold than what you think it does, anyway. But I imagine, well, mine probably sounds a little bit worse anyway because I've got a cold at the moment. So, yeah, stupidly. Well, not stupidly, I don't even remember doing it because I'd had a few beers. I entered the London Marathon and I somehow got in this time. It's like the fourth time I've entered. And uh, yeah, I don't even remember entering this time, but I got in. That's the end of April, I think. Yeah. So I should be training for that. I've been down the gym with the personal trainer doing, you know, strengthening exercises, that kind of stuff. And I guess once this cold gets kicked off, I will start doing a bit more running. Um, but we're both going to be doing the Reading Half Marathon this yes, year. Yes, we are. Next yeah. year. And, uh, you know, uh, Paul, a friend of mine, Paul, I, I met up with him recently, and he's running the um, the Derry Half Marathon in Ireland. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, not Half Marathon, Marathon. Right. And he's trying to convince me to do it as well. When's that? It's in May. Mm, be nice, actually. It's possible to train. I've got enough time to train for it, I think, but um, having a, only ever done a Half Marathon is the, the maximum. So we've both gone to running quite late, really, haven't we? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I used to play lots of football or soccer. Um, but then stopped when I was about 28 and took up golf. And unfortunately, golf doesn't keep you as fit as football does, so I had to really find something else to kind of keep me fit and keep all the beer, beer calories <laughs> off me. That's the thing, yeah, that is the thing. Yeah. Uh, and so we both kind of got into running. And you fight, you mentioned you find it almost like meditative. I do, yeah. I, I, I always listen to podcasts. It's a great time to listen to podcasts, but I always have to listen to podcasts again later because, you know, I generally tune it out and it, it, I just the amount of ideas I come up with and the amount of things I sort out in my head as when I'm running it's just amazing I wouldn't do without it now it's, mm. it's fantastic you not listen to music? no I never have no. I don't know why I should do really especially if I want to improve my time you know somebody was telling me that if you get some fast beat yeah, yeah, yeah. music that you like and just loop through it you know seven or eight songs or whatever and just loop around it it can help improve your time um, so maybe I'll try that but. how far are you up to your training now? Well, I in Splint, which I'm coming back from. Um, I'm up to eight kilometres now. Okay. So I'm on target easily to get the right distance for the half marathon. The marathon might be a different story. But... No, you're doing it, mate. <laughs> if you sign up for it, you've got some to train for then, haven't you? Yeah, I need to think about it, because of course I've got to fly over there and everything as well, and mm-hmm. so it means a few days. A few days drinking afterwards as well. Well, that's it, yeah. He's already planned a massive party. <laughs> They're Irish, of course, so yeah. there's a massive party afterwards on the Sunday. So you can imagine you've just run a marathon and then you, the first thing you do is go and have a load of food and beer. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see about that. Well, if you've got this far, thanks for listening. Um, you need to tell your URLs and Twitter details all that kind of stuff. What should people check out? Yeah, um, I don't do too much on Twitter from my personal account, but it's uh, Martin underscore Judd. Um, and I guess the website is the Joined Up Data, which is joinedupdata.com. Fantastic. My Twitter is Nick's one, um, and the website, personal one, I guess, is the best one to give at the moment, because we haven't got the consultancy one set up, it's just nickswan.net. Um, and our website, well, hopefully you found it, if you listen to the podcast, is going to be britstrapped.com, and we'll endeavour to put show notes up and links to some of the stuff we've been talking about. Yeah. And uh, hope you tune in again next week, or whenever yeah. the next one's up. Fantastic. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers Ryan. Cheers, bye.